uh, quick to be able to, to identify what is going on in this psalm. And it's a very uh, good psalm. And uh, I love looking at this. David's life is recorded for us in great detail. And, uh, and he's a very well-known Bible character. And he is the author uh, of this psalm and many of the psalms, probably the majority of them, to be honest with you. And many times in the title at the top, it will say a psalm of David, as this one does. And uh, so we'll look at this, Psalm chapter number 13, and verse number 1, the Bible says, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me. O Lord my God, enlighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemies say, I have prevailed against him. And those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord, because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. We thank you for your psalm, for the word of God that we can study, and for the psalms that we can look at. And God, our hearts can be blessed, can be encouraged, can be strengthened. And Father, I pray as we look at this psalm, I pray that you'd use me. I pray, Father, that you'd speak through me. God, I pray that you would encourage each and every person. And Father, we'll certainly thank you for that. God, I pray that you would just bless the service. And we ask all of these things in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Again, David's life is recorded in great detail. Matter of fact, he's a very well-known Bible character. Uh, and and uh, Lockyer describes him this way. He says, Volumes have been written on the trials and triumphs of David. A mountain peak among Bible characters who was carefully chosen of, as Israel's second king by God himself. Uh, and I like the way Lockyer describes him because really he's well known and really uh, we do have a lot of detail about the life of David and these psalms really help us uh, feel, or see, the, see what was going on internally with David uh, and many of the other things are the exterior but we don't so much see his thoughts and his, his prayers and his uh, private feelings per se, and, and we certainly do here. I want you to notice in verses 1 and 2 uh, the darkness that we see within David. I want you to notice that in verse number 1. Look at what he says. He says, how long will thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? Let me just stop and say this about verses 1 and 2. Um, they, are, they are very dark psalms, to be honest with you. They're, they're a dark entrance because uh, in reality, God does not forget who we are. Uh, and so you need to know that. You need to understand that. Uh, and David certainly felt like God had forgotten about him. By the way, I think many of us in our life have been in a place where we're like, God, what is going on? Did you forget that I'm down here? Have you forgotten that these people are, uh, are after me or that this problem is taking place or uh, one thing or another? 
And, uh, and that is the way David is feeling. And you notice right off, it's not like some of the other psalms that started out joyful. Matter of fact, it starts out as a complaint. Uh, and so in this darkness, you see, number one, that it's a complaint. Uh, he's complaining. And, and listen, complaining comes from allowing negative feelings to rule your mind. You boil it all down, that's really what it is. You're, 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 you're focused on what is negative, and, and that is where your thoughts are dwelling. I want you to notice his first couple of verses there, at least verse 1. This is not a request. It is a question. But it's not a request that he's asking of God. Rather, it's a charge or a complaint. And, uh, and as I stated, God did not forget about him. Uh, I put down here my notes. Watch this. You'll, you'll probably, you won't hear this from the pulpit very often. Do not memorize this verse. It's just not a happy verse. It's not one that's going to help you. It is David's feelings. It is something that David thought. It is something that David felt, no doubt. But listen, uh, sometimes in our minds, we can get lost in some very dark, discouraging, negative thoughts. And that is exactly what is going on in David's heart. And, uh, and so don't memorize this verse. Don't pray this verse to God, okay? Because God has not forgotten you. He knows exactly where you're at. Uh, he has given us the promise, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So God knows where you're at. And this is not a verse to memorize and to, and to pray. Uh, complaining is certainly sin. And, and if you look at this, again, read it. How long will thou forget me, O Lord? He's not asking... Uh, he's really kind of charging the Lord and, and accusing the Lord and saying, hey, what is going on? He's grumbling and complaining to God. And, uh, and listen, we've all been there. Um, sometimes when, uh, when discouragement gets the best of us, we feel like God has abandoned us. When I was a kid, my dad made me memorize this verse, Philippians 2.14, do all things without murmuring and disputings. And, uh, and probably I needed to memorize it as a child. And uh, I looked that word up, murmur. I thought, what does that word murmur mean? Murmur means to utter complaints in a low, half-articulated voice to feel or express dissatisfaction or discontentment to grumble. You could almost hear David. How long are you going to forget about me? The Lord doesn't even know where I'm at. He's kind of mumbling, right? You kind of hear him under his breath, just kind of growling like, man, I, I don't know where, the Lord doesn't even know where I'm at, and how, I wonder how long God's going to forget about me. And, and listen, we can, we can have that tendency, but understand that complaining uh, is not right, and murmuring and being, being upset with God about something is not going to help things. And so in his darkness, we certainly see a complaint. Look with me in verse number two. I find this very interesting. He said this, how long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? You, you, verse 2 really takes us to the, to the heart, no pun intended, of the issue, and, and really takes us to the darkest of his thoughts. And I want you to notice this. He says this in verse number 2. He says, how long shall I take counsel in my soul? Now, I want you to notice that uh, he's not seeking counsel from outside. 
He's internalizing everything. He's seeking counsel within his own soul. Uh, I don't know if you talk to yourself. I talk to myself. Um, I, 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 you know, if people are not around, I try to make sure people are not around when I talk to myself. But uh, uh, I tell you what, uh, I, I, I get some of the best advice from myself. And I never, you know what, I, I, don't, uh, I, I don't ever lose an argument when I talk to myself either. Um, those, are, those are just some benefits of talking to yourself. Of course, I don't encourage getting uh, advice from yourself. Uh, and that's what David was doing. You look at what he says. He says, how long shall I take counsel in my soul? He wasn't consulting anyone. He wasn't talking to his friend. He wasn't talking to the local prophet. He wasn't going to the priest and saying, hey, I've got some things going on. Maybe you can point me in the right direction. No, he was doing none of that. He was internalizing everything. And he was counseling his own self and dwelling in his own mind on all of these thoughts. Did you know in the book of Proverbs, it mentions three times the, the idea of multitude of counselors. And two of those three times, it says very specifically that there's safety in the multitude of counselors. And so, uh, listen, a lot of people in 2022 uh, suffer from discouragement. They suffer from depression. They suffer from uh, all these thoughts and anxieties that have taken place. I mean, COVID and, and lockdowns and all of that had a lot of psychological effects that we've yet to see. They, they haven't hit the light of day yet. And many people struggle with those things. And I'm telling you this, the, one of, one, the thing that they say for people who are discouraged, the worst thing that you can do is shut yourself in, your, in a room and not to talk to other people. The best thing that you can do is get out and talk to other people. Hey, I think that's a biblical concept. Seek counsel. Find somebody that can help you. Find somebody that can give you wise counsel. And, uh, and counseling yourself is dangerous. The Bible says it this way. Jesus said it this way in John eleven ten. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth because there is no light in him. If you take negativity and negative thoughts and discouragement and you lock them within yourself and then you mull over them over and over, you are not going to come out with a, with a bright solution. It's going to be a dark, discouraging day. And that's where David is at in all of this. How long shall I take counsel in my soul, he's asking. And he's not coming up with light. He's not coming up with brightness. He's not coming up with anything that's helpful to him. And listen, God's counsel, we'll see this, will help. People who get discouraged, depressed, down, uh, listen, go to the wise counsel of the Word of God. You cannot go wrong opening the Word of God and reading it and studying it and learning from it. We see in verses 1 and 2, we see the darkness. We see the complaint. We see the self-counsel that he is taking uh, and just a, a bunch of things that are, are running over in his mind. Look with me at verse number 3 and 4, and I want you to notice the direction. Uh, he says there in verse number 3, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God, Lighten mine eyes. Verses 1 and 2 teach us that if we don't have another influence, our thoughts and complaints and negativity will lead us into a dangerous, destructive 
dark place. But in verse 3 and 4, we see a little bit of a shadow of turning in David's life. We see him going from internal and, and continually mulling over his own thoughts and his own ideas to turning and saying, you know what, God, I think I need something from you. And, and, and he says in verse number 3, consider and hear me, O Lord. He's turned and he is calling now on God. He stopped charging God foolishly and has started praying in verses 3 and 4. In verses 1 and 2, he's not praying. You can call it prayer if you want, uh, but he's complaining. That's what he's doing to God. And, uh, and listen, sometimes we do that. Sometimes we'll, we'll go to God in prayer, and, uh, and maybe our first several sentences and our first few thoughts are complaining and, and saying, look at God of all these problems we have and, and all the difficulty that we're in. But listen, I'm glad when you hit verses 3 and 4 and it starts to turn. And he realizes and says, you know what, I need God. I need the strength of God. And he's asking and he's calling on God. Uh, and he says, he actually says in the first verse, the first word, consider and hear me. Listen, uh, can I say this kindly? That you don't have to ask God to consider you. He has not forgotten you. And so he knows where we're at. I'll just reiterate that. He didn't stop thinking about us. He didn't stop being uh, knowing where we were at. I mean, if anything, we should know that through studying the book of Revelations when he says, I know thy works over and over and over. Uh, God knows who we are. God knows where we're at. And so he, he starts out saying, consider, but I like this phrase in the middle of verse 3. He says, lighten mine eyes. That's why I think in verses 1 and 2, he's in a very dark place. Because he doesn't have any light. And in verse 3, he's saying, lighten mine eyes. He's asking, lest I sleep the sleep of death. This is a valid request. You know, the Bible says in Lamentation chapter 5 and verse number 17, it says this, For this our heart is faint, for these things our eyes are dim. Let me just say that again. For this our heart is faint, for these things our eyes are dim. If you would go back and read that, you'd find that they're talking about bad things that are going on, uh, difficulties. And they're saying that he starts off that verse in Lamentation 5.17, our heart is faint. You know, when you start to lose hope and when things start to go bad and you start to lose faith and you start to be shaken and say, man, I don't know what's going on and I don't know where the Lord's going with all this, you know what, you'll, you'll stop seeing. You'll, 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 you'll realize, man, I'm not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Things aren't looking good to me. And, and you'll start locking yourself into a dark negative view that's where David has just been in verses 1 and 2 and now he's crying out to God and he's saying hey God uh, light in mine eyes allow me to see uh, the light at the end of the tunnel I don't know I we use that phrase all the time and uh, and and I understand what it means but man in Italy we went through they had a lot of tunnels in Italy 
and, uh, and we were driving, and, and there were tunnels that you would drive through that when you went in them and then they turned, you could not, in your rearview mirror, see the light at the end of the tunnel, and before you, you could not see any light. And it was dark behind you, and it was dark in front of you, and, uh, and until you actually finished out, man, I'm telling you, uh, we use that saying, but when you're in it, and then you can see that little glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel, you're like, I can see the end. We're going to make it out of here. I didn't know where the end of this tunnel was, but now I know I can actually see that glimmer of light and how it gives hope. And that's what David is praying for. He's saying, hey, give me a glimpse. Give me something that will help me. And he's praying that his eyes would be enlightened and that he would be able to see. And, uh, and certainly he's asking that. John chapter 8, Jesus talks about the light quite a bit. And Jesus said it this way. He said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And I love these psalms, and I love how they go with the New Testament. You see in verses 1 and 2, David wasn't following God. David was in his own counsel, and he was complaining against God. And he's locked in darkness, and he's wondering what in the world is going on. But when in verse 3 and 4, he turns to God, and he says, God, enlighten me. And the Bible, Jesus said it this way, that if, if, uh, if you follow him, uh, then you'll not walk in darkness. Hey, listen, if we're following God, hey, listen, God's promises are as bright as the noonday sun. And you don't have to worry about the darkness. You say, well, brother, you don't know all the, the problems. Hey, listen, the worst of all that could happen, we could die and go to heaven. I mean, we'd be better off. Uh, and, and, and you say, man, uh, that's, that's one way of looking at it. Yeah, it is. Because we have the promises of God. God is going to take care of us. God is going to have us uh, where He wants us. And when He's done, listen, we'll go to heaven. That's that. We have to put our faith and our trust in God. He says here in, in verse 3, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God, lighten mine eye. And he's turning to God. I love this verse. You can note this down. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 18 says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of, this call, of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Let me read that one more time. Ephesians 1.18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. In other words, hey, when, when we understand from God's position, boy, our hope, our eyes are enlightened. Our, our ability to see, our understanding is enlightened, that we can see what God's plan is and what God's call is and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance is for us. And what a blessing to know when God provides and when God takes care of it. I want you to notice in verse number 4, I won't comment on it much, but I want you to notice this. He says, Lest mine enemies say... I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. 
Verse number four tells us this. His concern was not necessarily death. David wasn't concerned about dying. His concern was that his enemies would win over top of him and that perhaps God's name would be marred. You notice that in verse number four. He says his prayer is not so much that he's going to die. Now he does mention that in verse number three. But his follow-up concern is, lest mine enemies say I have prevailed against him. He did not want his enemies gaining uh, traction, really, and ultimately against God. And, uh, and so he, that was his concern, uh, that his enemies uh, would, would have a victory and, uh, and would be able to gloat over the fact that they had defeated David. And so we see there the, uh, the direction, the change of direction, really, that David had in verses 3 and 4. But we come down there to verses 5 and 6, and I absolutely love this. And we see delight in verses 5 and 6. In the beginning, boy, it was dark. He's saying, man, I, I, where is God? How, how long is, has, is God going to forget about where I'm at? And how long am I going to have to do this on my own? Look with me at verse number 5. And then he goes, but I have trusted in thy mercy. Once David turned to God in verses 3 and 4, we see a complete change. There's not the darkness and despair that you find in verses 1 and 2. There's not the griping and complaining that you find in verse 1 and 2. But rather he turns to God and he says, I have trusted in thy mercy. We see the confidence that he displays I looked this up because I was just, I had to. But the, that phrase, I have trusted in thy mercy. This is a, uh, this is, if you know your English grammar, which you may not, but I'm going to explain it to you in a moment. This is present perfect form of an English verb. I have trusted. It's a present a perfect form. What does that mean? This, here's what it means. It's something that took place in the past, but continues to the present. Let me give you an example. Uh, if I say the word, if I say this sentence, I have played the mandolin since I was 13. You understand that I started when I was 13, but I continue playing the mandolin today. It is, it's had a point of starting, but it continues even until the current day. Now let's apply that to David's statement. He says, but I have trusted in thy mercy. In other words, David went back in his mind to the time way back when, when he established his faith in God. Perhaps it was when he was, uh, when he was a shepherd boy watching over his father's flock and that lion came and, and David said, you know what, I'm going to do my job and I'm going to trust that the Lord is going to take care of me. We don't know exactly when that started, but we do know this, that David was saying, hey, I'm going back to the point that when I put my faith and trust in God and I continue to this day to have my faith Firmly established in God. That's what he's saying. Man, what a blessing. He says, I have trusted in thy mercy. In other words, I didn't deserve it, but I have confidence 
that God is going to take care of me. Listen, go back in your mind to the time when you trusted the Lord. Hey, and, and continue to trust in the Lord. Go back in your mind to when God has taken care of you in the past and provided for you and, and has done great things for you. And remember those things and say, you know what? I know God took care of me then. I know God took care of me in this place. I know God took care of me in this difficulty. I know God can take care of me from this point going forward because he has taken care of me in the past. And David says, I have trusted in thy mercy. Reminded of the verse, Proverbs 3, 5 and 3 and verse 5, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Listen, we have got to put our trust in God. And David did that in verse well, verse 5, he, he reestablishes that and he remembers that. And he goes back to that time and he says, you know what, I'm going to continue. He says, but I have trusted in thy mercy. Look at what he says in the next phrase. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. Remember what we said about murmuring? Remember what we said about enlightening? Murmuring is is the negative thoughts running over and over until we complain, uh, or a complaint rather is, is running over those negative thoughts, dwelling on those negative thoughts, until we finally complain and vocalize them. Uh, and, and that's all, that's in our heart. Uh, Jesus said it this way, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Well, that's not very good in verse number one and two, but I tell you what, you get down to verse number five, and he says, my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. You know what David said? Man, I'm going back to that day when I trusted the Lord. And I know that God took care of me. And I know that God is with me. And, and listen, his heart starts rejoicing in verse number 5. Look at what it says in verse number 6. I will sing unto the Lord. Isn't that good? I mean, it starts in the heart. And because he remembered, hey, I'm, I'm putting my trust in God and I'm going to continue to trust in God. David's problems did not go away. We're not told that God came in and he defeated all of the enemies and he brought David to the top and said, now you're set. That's not what took place. David's perspective changed, not his circumstances. And he started looking at things in a different light because he was no longer internally focused on the problems and his own solutions, but rather his focus turned to, to God and how that God's mercies are everlasting and how they're new every morning and how they continue to go. And we see that his outlook changed completely. Look at what he says in verse number 6. He says, I will sing... Unto the Lord. Look at why. Because he hath dealt bountifully with me. When I first read that, this is why I got on, into grammar and studied English grammar today. I thought hath was past tense. And so I was looking up grammar anyways since I looked up that uh, have trusted. And I thought, wonder what that, that word hath, what form it is. It's not past tense, it's present. And I found out that in the present tense, it says, it's a present tense form of the verb. And it says, he hath dealt bountifully with me. 
David's circumstances didn't change. David, David's enemies didn't go away. Uh, but David's perspective, he realized, you know what? If God brought me all the way to here, and this is the end, and my enemies prevail over me, God's been good to me all the way up to here. And he's going to continue to be good. God's not treated me wrong. His perspective of how God had dealt with him changed from verse number 1 to verse number 6. It did a 180. I mean, in the beginning, you see it's darkness. You see how he's focused on himself. He's focused on his problems. And, and, and his prayer is not really a prayer, but rather a complaint. But at the end, you see how it changes, and his heart is joyed. And, and it becomes a song in his mouth. And he says, I will sing unto the Lord, because he hath dealt bountifully to me, with me. What a great change of events from darkness all the way up to delight what made the difference it was God and it was David really turning to God and saying God I can't handle me I can't handle the problems and I don't have the solutions within myself in my soul I've sought for all the solutions and I've come up empty-handed but he turned to God And he cries out in verse number three, lighten mine eyes. And God does and says, David, you're looking at all the wrong places. Look at how I've given you mercy over and over in your life. And David's heart rejoiced and it turned into singing out of his mouth because God had dealt bountifully to David. What a tremendous psalm. So I told you not to memorize verses 1 and 2 unless you memorize all the way down through verse number 6. Memorize it all because I tell you what, sometimes it can be dark and our feelings and our emotions will take us to dark places. And they'll say, boy, there's no hope. There's no, there's no exit. There's nothing good here. But God's Word and turning to God Boy, it'll put a joy in your heart. It'll be a, put a song in your mouth. And it will change your perspective dynamically if you'll focus on God. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet, what a great psalm of David as he gives us the insight into his personal thoughts, his personal life. And certainly... I don't doubt that he had some hardships. Well, we know he had hardships. I don't doubt that he had some pretty dark thoughts at times and thoughts that God had abandoned him. But God truly hadn't. God was with David every step of the way. What a blessing. Father, I thank you for this psalm. What a blessing, God. What an encouragement. Oh, God, we might run into hardships We might have problems. We might have difficulties. But God, if we'll stop focusing on them, if we'll stop seeking an answer within ourselves, and God will turn to you and call upon you and ask for you to enlighten our eyes, for God, for you to, to help, help us to see more clearly what your will is and what you're doing. Oh, we could rejoice because truly, God, you have been so good to us. 
And God, You've blessed our lives immensely. And God, as the Bible says, Your mercies are new every morning. Thank You for the change in perspective. Help us to be focused on You. Father, we'll thank You for that. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, you have a moment. The altar's open. You can pray there in your seat. You can just, maybe you just want to thank God that He's there and that, you know, He'll listen to us. God, God even, He'll listen to our complaints. But ultimately, He wants us to focus on Him. He wants us to change our perspective. He wants us to be focused on Him. And He'll put the joy in our hearts. As the piano plays, the altar's open. What a great psalm. I hope and pray that that helps. That's a blessing and encouragement to your life. It was to mind studying it. Boy, just that our focus should be directed towards God. seated we got a couple minutes we'll go over our prayer letter our prayer list rather um i talked to uh uh well rather 